We have so many things to be grateful for, so many things to be blessed in our lives. Thank you, Christopher. As I mentioned to the children, this Sunday is a very, very unique Sunday in the life of our church because it's known as the Sunday of the Last Judgment. It's one of the few, if not the only, instance in the New Testament or in the life of Christ where we get a snapshot, if you will, an opportunity to see what's going to happen so that, in essence, none of us can say, well, if I had known, I would have changed, you know, I would have done differently in my life. So our good Lord, because he loves us, tells us right openly how it's going to go down. And it reminded me, this gospel passage, of a story I heard. There was, you know, these little bridges, sometimes when you go to Bayville, or these little just like bridges that barely fit two cars, right? And there was a big sign at this bridge, and it said, do not pass, no passing permitted. And so a person got on this little bridge and was driving slowly, and all of a sudden, a car swerves to the left of that car behind it, passes the gas, passes the vehicle, and there's an officer at the other end of the bridge going like this to the guy, and he pulls him over. And the officer says to him, did you not see the sign that says, no passing? And the man laughs and says, of course I did. Then why did you pass? And the man says, frankly, officer, I didn't think you were at the end of the bridge standing there. In the short passage of our life, are we ready to see the person standing at the end of that bridge? Who will see and have seen, as I said to the kids, with the iPhone of God's all-knowing, all-seeing, all-hearing eye, will we be able to stand in front of that officer and throw out a joke? Christ stands at the short end of the bridge, which is our life, friends. And when we get there, some might say, there's no one at the end of the bridge, Father. You live the good life here, you enjoy yourself, make some money maybe, not too hard, not too this. Some might say that this is all there is, Father, this life. There's nothing after this. But every day, as this gospel will tell us today, Christ talks about those final moments. He says, when the Son of Man comes in his glory with all his angels, and he sits on his glorious throne, and he says he's going to bring all of the nations in front of him, and he's going to start separating goats from sheep, goats from sheep. Anyone ever wonder what the difference between a goat and a sheep is? 
shepherd, the sheep follow the shepherd. They don't stray from the pack, they stay close because the shepherd provides safety and protection from evil things like wolves and other things that can endanger the flock. <clears throat> and so one's going to say, how is it that, Father, our lives will end and we'll be judged? Forgive me if I seem disjointed because this gospel is not to be taken lightly. I almost want to read it from the beginning to the end. And it talks about how when Jesus separates the sheep from the goats, he really says to the sheep, you, my blessed of my Father, enter into the kingdom of heaven prepared for you before the creation, before laying of the foundation of the entire world. God has prepared for those who follow him he has prepared a place for them called his kingdom. Inherit it, he says. You are worthy. You followed the rules of this life. I don't know about you, but I remember in Greece, in the old days, above the Aia Pili, there was this big eye. Have any of you seen that? And as a child, it used to kind of spook me out. Like, why is this big eye up there? But it's that eye that sees all of our lives. As I like to say, God never takes a vacation from our life. From the moment we were conceived in the womb of our parent to the moment we've walked into this church this morning, there is not a single thing that you have said, thought, or done that God has not recorded. Like the example of the iPhone. He has a mega database, a hard drive that records every single one of our thoughts, actions, and, and so what's the big deal? How, how should I feel, Father, knowing that I'm going to be faced with this ultimate one-on-one -on -one with God where I can't hide? The answer is, for those of us who are sincere Christians, the last judgment should not cause us any fear or to be upset. But it's an opportunity. God has given us the opportunity it should, to bake out our lives a little better. The finality of that judgment day is true. And what is it based on? There's a couple of lessons that I want to leave you with so I don't extend my remarks too much this morning. <clears throat> the first lesson is, friends, as we said, we're all going to face Christ and there will be a dividing of us. What happens to us humans oftentimes is we'll do something that's against the will of God, and then we fold it up, and we put it under our beds, kick it in the back of our conscience, pretend it never happened so that we can forget about it, and so that it doesn't bother us. All of us have failed, myself included. All of us have fallen short. All of us have done things, have seen things that we shouldn't have done. All of us will have to give an account for those things. 
And so in the previous weeks, we saw the publican and the Pharisee. God wanting just us to say a sorry, that I'm not worthy to be humbled. Then we saw in the prodigal, a coming to and returning back to his father. And this week, the church is hitting us yet again with another important message. You have to own up and come and face the music. You're going to have to give an account. And guess what happens in this story of the last judgment? You read the text, you have it. It's not what the person believed that got him judged by God. It says here, I was hungry, I was thirsty, I was naked, I was in jail, I was sick, and you didn't come and you, you came and helped me. And they say, when did we see you like that, Lord? I says, when you did it to the least of my brothers or sisters, you did it for me. And he says the same thing to the others. They say, when did we see you hungry? What you did not do for the least of my brothers, you didn't do it for me. And so the Bible is telling us it's not based on what they believed that they were judged. It's what they did or failed to do, action. So the first lesson we can take is that we will be judged by our actions or the actions we didn't do in front of God. <clears throat> These actions, friends, and the judgment that God gives is because he cares about us. How many of you have children? Do you never judge your children's actions? Don't you tell your kids, hey, hey, what are you doing? Don't do that. The fact that God will give his judgment, as crazy as it sounds, there's an element of love in that, that he cares. He wants you to make the right decisions. He wants you to go down the right paths. And so the message today is make the right decisions and stay close to Christ. <clears throat> when you do that, it's going to be a sacrifice, friends. It's much easier to cheat people at business than to keep your integrity and your character. It's much easier to say hurtful things when people are hurting you than it is to stand with Christ knowing he's at the end of the bridge and do the right thing. It's much easier to flirt at work when your spouse has chewed you out in the morning than it is to remain faithful to the end of who God brought in your life. Our Lord is telling us, stay with me, be with me, and know that the sacrifices we will make in following him will have, in the end of the day, a great impact on our salvation. And he cares about us, and he wants us to make the right decisions so that we can be his sons and daughters in his kingdom. He can say to us, come forth, my beloved of my father, enter into his kingdom that has been prepared for all of us. God bless us, and God keep us strong. God give you all strength. 
as we prepare for the great Lent. God bless our families. God bless this community. God bless, in particular, friends, our children. The world we are growing up in is definitely not the world I grew up in. And I think, all kidding aside, boy, will God ask us to give an account for what we didn't do for our kids because we had the opportunity to do it and we didn't do it. Will we give an account for that? It's okay, all the kids are doing this and that. We will give an account for the things we didn't do that were there to help our kids, especially friends. So I leave you with that thought. What are the inactions that we have failed to do as a community and as families individually? God bless us all.